0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about the only place to get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally-owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious joint, Bojo's. And you guys know the deal. They have the thick crust made with local Colorado honey. And then after you're done with your pizza, you get to dip that crust into more locally-sourced honey. It is absolutely delicious. As RK says, he calls it the honey spoon for the crust and man it is so good and when you're at bojo's you can get some delicious breck brews and if you mention dnvr you get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree at all six of their locations so make sure you check out our favorite pizza the colorado pizza that's bojo's all right mace let's hop into the show it welcome into the DnVR Broncos podcast I'm your host Zach Stevens joined by my main man Andrew Mason Ryan is on assignment today getting our bar one step closer to being open and of course on Friday night we're opening the DnVN DnVR bar and we want every single one of you guys there to celebrate with us doors open at 5 30. we're unveiling our sign outside of the bar at 5 30 so be there right on time if you can and then we're hanging out to watch the nuggets and the avs game that night at our new bar and we want you guys our family there with us and you may need a little coffee to get you through the night so might i suggest a little strava craft coffee to get you going whether it's through our watch party or whether it's in the mornings strava is the way to go not only is it delicious coffee with that great caffeine but you get the benefits of the CBD that helps with aches, pains, migraines, anything that's going on. Maybe you know the hangover cure on Saturday morning. Well, Strava Craft Coffee may be able to help with that and use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off. Mace, how you doing on this hump day?
1: I'm all right. I hope I can make it down to the opening. Unfortunately, uh, I'm trying to find some child care on uh on that night. So I might be popping at some point over the weekend rather than on Friday night. But, uh, most of us will be down there and, uh, hopefully I can make it in on Friday. If not, uh, at some point during the weekend, if you pop on by, I should be, uh, hanging out and holding court and maybe having a little lunch and just, uh, taking in the fact that there is a physical manifestation of DNVR's presence in the digital world. It's sort of like when Homer Simpson went from being in the animated world through the uh, vortex and end up kind of in the three-dimensional world. <laughs>
0: exactly. We we will have a physical home.
1: Yes. So, it's it's really exciting. I mean, I can't wait to to enjoy the, this. I can't wait to do some podcasts over there as well to just sit down and uh, belly up and have a little have a little bar talk uh, with you guys and uh I'm sure it'll be as candid as ever. And speaking of candid. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Derek Wolf. He uh, did a radio appearance on KOA with uh, Big Al and uh, JoJo yesterday. And we've talked about Wolf, And I think the expectation that a lot of us have had is that of the defensive linemen set to hit the market, Wolf was the most likely to come back. However, doesn't appear that way based on what he told Big Al and Jojo. Well, they haven't talked to me. Um, they've talked to my agent at the at the combine. They met,
0: and uh, you know, it looks like it looks like they're gonna let me hit free agency and see what the market is, which is. Uh, it's a nice—in this in this business, you know, that's a nice way of saying, you know, we like you,
1: we love you, but, you know, not for that kind of money. Okay. Let's dive into this, Zach. First of all, they've talked to his agent, did so at the Combine, but the Broncos are going to let him test the market, according to what he said. What does that tell you about— how the Broncos feel regarding Derek Wolf if they've had this time to make a deal but they've decided, nope, we're going to let you go out in the market and see what's there.
0: Well, Derek Wolf, as you heard, he said, we like you. It's the Broncos saying, we like you, we love you, but not for that kind of money.
1: I'm not sure that they love him uh, if they're willing to let him go.
0: I think it says, we've had some fun with you in the past and we've liked our time with you. Um, but if you go somewhere else, that's okay. And uh, drink with what I'm about to say, Ryan would probably bring this to a relationship. It's like if you had been dating someone for, for, you know, let's say seven weeks instead of seven years and you've had a good time. Obviously you've gone on multiple dates. So it's been fun. There's been some positives, but then if you tell her, well, you know, uh, you can explore things. You, you you can you can go on other dates with people. Don't worry about it. Maybe we'll we'll reconnect next week. In, in a month down the road, after you met some other people, uh, Mace. What does that say? It, you're not telling the girl that you love her. And if you do that, well, then you're crazy. If you're letting her go on other dates, you're telling her that I I liked you. We had a fun time, but, you know, it. it's okay if we go our other ways. And that's exactly what the Broncos are saying. Maybe it's, it's okay time if we go to see other, other people? Ways. Exactly. Oh, my god! <laughs> I mean, that. that's what the Broncos are telling Derek. We've
1: got to be careful where this is going to lead into a Bachelor discussion.
0: <laughs> no spoilers. I haven't seen last night's episode, so I can't—I'm uh, not going to ruin anything for anyone.
1: All right. I think, by the way, I've settled on something with the Bachelor. I'm not going to watch it, but I'll read the recaps.
0: Yep, there you go. Because I can
1: read a recap in two minutes. That's
0: what my girlfriend did, yep. Yeah. Up, just scrolling
1: twitter finding out all the juicy things okay there's of what happened yeah fine. that way i can kind of keep up and <laughs> yeah. but i don't have to have that time investment i don't have the time to go watch it but <laughs> <sighs> we talk about injury risk with a lot of players on the market and for example i bring it up with trent williams all the time that he hasn't played a 16 game season since 2013 that uh, he's basically going to miss three games a year. Do you think something similar is being discussed regarding Derek Wolf? Because over the course of the last four seasons on his second contract he's missed two games, five games, played all 16 games in 2018, which interestingly enough was his least productive season in terms of sacks and then missed four games kind of with that freak injury, a a mishap that was unfortunate, but nevertheless, fact is, he's missed 11 games over the last four seasons, and he does have a history of playing through injuries. Do you think this has something to do with the Broncos' reticence about making a deal with him?
0: Yeah, and when you're in your 30s as well, you have to—the Broncos can't be naive and say, "Ah, he's probably only going to get healthier— as he gets older that's probably not going to be the case so the broncos if they're smart they should count on him missing even more games in the future and mace what i think's happening is the broncos are saying Derek wolf has peaked he's coming down right now and we have to account for even more injuries so his value is even less than it was on the on his previous contract maybe the broncos are thinking he's worth six million a year for three years 18 million a contract like that uh, and Derek's probably saying, "Whoa! I just had the best year. I was on pace to have the best year of my career, mm-hmm. and a freak injury happened." As Derek says, uh, "You know, it's an injury that wasn't even supposed to happen. Uh, that was a freak injury. I would have been healthy for all 16 games. Uh, so not only am I not trending down, I am still trending up. I need a contract bigger than the last one. He's probably he's probably hoping to get double digit." millions of dollars per year. He's probably hoping for 10, 11, 12. I think he'll eventually settle somewhere 8 million dollar range, but I think the Broncos are really looking at, you know, 5 or 6 million.
1: Yeah, if he's hoping for 11 or 12 million even though he had one of the best sack paces from week 6 onward last year, actually was averaging a sack a game. From week six through the end of the year, of course, he only played in seven games in that span because he missed the last four. The age and the injury history, I doubt he's going to get 11 or $12 million. If that's what he expects, he's going to be very disappointed with what the market has for him. The question now is, if you're moving on from him, and all indications seem to show that the Broncos are moving on from him because while he does have the injury risk, you figure somebody is going to bite at a reasonable deal. And because of that, can you really replace that pass rush production? How much, I mean, you're going to have Draymond Jones back, obviously. Demarcus Walker, he's productive as a pass rusher when he's in, but the fact that he was inactive for stretches last year shows he still doesn't really have the confidence of people within that building. And the names that you hear connected to the Broncos as the legal tampering period nears DJ Reader, Michael Pierce, they're both nose tackles. Right. They're not defensive ends. Right. They don't fit what Derek Wolf does. Right. So if you lose Derek Wolf, if you lose Shelby Harris, and every indication on Shelby Harris is that he's going to have some substantial offers. Yeah, he gone. Yeah, when the legal tampering period begins where are you getting this from, the pass rush production from, if Draymond Jones and and DeMarcus Walker don't step up? Because the options out there, unless you're willing to pay an arm and a leg, uh, they're not great. I mean, Eric Armstead, for example, he's somebody that you might uh, think about, yep. but based on how he came on toward the end of his first contract slash fifth-year option with 10 sacks last year. By the way, he had nine sacks in the previous three years. Or pre- previous four seasons, pardon me. He's going to probably cost about $14 million If you're not willing to pay Derek Wolf, say, at least $8 million, are you going to pay Eric Armstead 14? Is that something you really want to do?
0: No, absolutely not. But Mace, maybe the Broncos are looking at it this way. Uh, they are counting on Draymond Jones to take a big step up. I don't think John Elway or Vic Fangio is is counting for much, if anything, mm-hmm. from DeMarcus Walker, but they will be counting on Draymond Jones to be a star to take a big step up. And Mace, how much do they need to invest in pass rush? They have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And I understand those are different positions than what you're talking about, Derek Wolf, but it, it in, in the same thing, it's still all his pass rush. John could probably is probably saying, Vic, you have a second overall pick that's an absolute success. That's our highest-paid player in Von Miller. And you have Bradley Chubb. Let's, uh, you know, a number five overall pick. Let's use these funds somewhere else. I mean, isn't that fair at a point to say, you have two top five picks rushing the passer. How
1: much more do you need? That's true, but you want it from the interior. Yeah, of, the of interi- course. Even as outstanding as the Broncos' ex-rushers are, you still want that interior pass rush because when you're going against quarterbacks that get the ball out quickly, that is how you counter them mm-hmm. traditionally is with that interior rush. Take, for example, Derek Carr. Broncos have gone against him, obviously, a bunch of times over the years, seeing him in the AFC West rivalry that they have with the Raiders. Can you tell me how many times the Broncos have sacked Derek Carr in the last four games that they've played? Since John Gruden became the coach. I'm going to say twice. Four times. Four
0: times. All right. How many have they sacked him in the past— Two games. Uh, no, I guess four. Okay, so
1: once a game. Yes. Twice in the regular season finale. No sacks when they met back in week one. One sack in each game that they played in 2018. Okay. So four sacks. Okay. A sack a game for the entire team is not a pace that you want to be on. No, it
0: certainly doesn't get it done. And we know that the, the um, edge rushing has not been... What the Broncos were hoping, obviously, last year with Bradley Chubb's injury. But even before that, uh, the the Broncos are doing nothing. They were off to a historically poor start rushing the passers. So um, I, I do think that they will invest resources there. And Mace, um, after we talk about Derek's comments, uh, we're going to get into my plan for free agency. And, and I do address that in a different way for the Broncos. So we'll talk about that in just a second. So Mace, is Derek Wolf a Bronco next year? No. No, and and I'm going no as well. I think once Derek hits the open market, he's going to be shown love instead of just like, like the Broncos are showing him. He's going to be shown love by someone, maybe not to the tune of $11 million, but someone else is going to pay him more than the
1: Broncos. And think about what will avail itself over the days early next week. You'll have the legal tampering period, and the Broncos will be talking to guys. And yet they're letting Wolf test the market. So that, if I'm a player, if I if I'm in Derek Wolf's shoes, I'm thinking, okay, they'd rather have these guys, yep. than have me. They're telling me they're just not that into me. Yep, exactly. And I'm gonna go someplace where they are into me. That's just mm-hmm. that's the bottom line of of how this thing works, man. And here's the thing, Derek. Everyone will- wants to be shown a little bit of love, especially when you've worked in a place for so long, and uh, they've seen you ha- how you go about things. They've seen your performance, and they're saying, "Yeah, we, you know, we, we like you." Like you said, I think that was a very good way of putting it. We we like you, we love you, but not for that kind of money. I would actually go as far as to say that that they're saying they like you, but they don't love you. Yeah. If they loved you, they'd show it.
0: Yeah, if you love someone, you're not letting them go date other people. Let's just
1: say Unless that. this is the whole thing of, if you love someone, set it free.
0: <laughs> it comes back, it was meant to be. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe it's that. Oh, uh, man. Something else that's that's good is the Broncos officially got three compensatory picks yesterday, but... Maybe not as good as it could have been. The Broncos get a fifth-round pick and two seventh-round picks.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting, you go on uh, thedmvr.com, you can read my story about the compensatory picks. Great piece, by the way. Thank you, and the history the Broncos have. Of course, they've had a lot more compensatory picks in the last few years than they had before John Elway arrived. When Mike Shanahan was the head coach, there wasn't a problem that he didn't think he could solve by importing a veteran from another team, and there were times when he would, over the course of a couple of years, import what seemed like entire position groups. Remember the Brown Cows? Oh yeah, defensive oh, line. Yeah. They brought in Courtney Brown, Mike Myers, Gerard Warren, Ebenezer Ekubon, and Kennard Lang over a two offseason span. They brought in veterans one veteran after another looking for a chance to revive his career. You can point to defensive linemen like Luther Ellis and Marco Coleman. They tried various wide receivers. Remember, Andre Reid was actually a Bronco during a training camp. Mm -hmm. Didn't make the team. Rob Moore, very productive wide receiver. Broncos had him in in 2002. They had a veteran defensive lineman who was productive in Seattle. Michael Sinclair, who was in camp that year. Mike Shanahan always felt like he could... Solve a problem with a veteran. Yep. And because of that, the Broncos in the compensatory formula took hits year after year. And so they weren't getting any picks back. Under John Elway, that has changed. The Broncos are one of the most produ- produ- prolific teams, pardon me, in getting compensatory picks, especially over the last six years. Now, the thing is. These compensatory picks for this year, like you mentioned, they're from the fifth round on. They are pick 178, and then two in the seventh round, 252 and 254. Let's face it. You don't have a big-time chance of finding a player here. In fact, of all the compensatory picks, the Broncos have been awarded in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, Zach. Thirteen of them over the last quarter century. Only two have played more than three regular season games for the Broncos. Wow. Trevor Simeon and Will Parks. Wow. How about that? Trevor Simeon I chose as the best value. Without a doubt. Among the comp picks. Without a doubt. Followed by Will Parks.
0: If you get a starting quarterback in the seventh round with a compensatory pick, you've done your job.
1: Think about this, Zach. There have been... 75 <laughs> quarterbacks picked in the seventh round in the common draft era. And among those 75, Simeon is fifth in yardage, seventh in touchdown passes and fourth in passer rating among those with at least 50 <laughs> attempts. How about that? I categorize him as the lottery ticket where you got five out of six numbers. Mm. You didn't hit the jackpot, but you got, you still got a thousands decent of check. dollars. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I like that. So, uh, so, Tip of the cap to Trevor Simeon for overplaying his draft status. The other thing I point out is going back through picks 175 to 256, and the comp picks fall in in that range. If you pick a kicker or punter in that realm, you have a 14.5% chance of finding a pro bowler. (laughs) If you pick an offensive lineman, you have a 2.5% chance of finding a pro bowler and a 13.4% chance of finding somebody who started at least 48 games or three seasons in the league. So basically, your chances of finding a pro bowl kicker or punter are similar to that of finding an offensive lineman who merely starts at least 48 games. My point being, that's a good time to take a punter. Mm -hmm.
0: Hint, hint. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so down with that. Use one of those comp picks to do it. So now the Broncos have 11 picks in the draft after the trade of A.J. Boye goes through. That's so, so much capital. We thought that's what the Broncos are going to have, but now it's official. Mm-hmm. All right, Mace, you mentioned uh, one guy that I want the Broncos to sign. Awesome. And let me give you... My free agency plan This is not what I think the Broncos are going to do Because what I think the Broncos are going to do is different We could get into that later in the what week What we need is a musical
1: cut here <laughs> This is Zach's free agent plan there we This go. is Zach's free agent plan <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the perfect
0: introduction, Mace We don't need any music when we got you I should <laughs> do the Ric Flair Woo! there we go <laughs> now i'm ready right. to give you my free agency plan Ooh. so what i what i deducted was the broncos have roughly 50 million dollars in cap space to spend and this is after including joe flacco because i think we we can all agree on that happening this includes aj boyer's contract that the broncos will have roughly 13 and a half million dollars against the cap with it includes the broncos franchise tagging justin simmons for roughly 13 million dollars because that's not something i think we all need to start on the same basis and i think that's something we can all agree upon that's going to happen and if it's not the franchise tag it's probably around 13 million and it includes the broncos officially not picking up ron leary's option so that gives the broncos 50 million dollars to spend that's what i get when i put this together that's what you get when you put this together that's what ryan gets when he's put his together but you got to save ten million dollars for the draft class, so you get forty million dollars to spend. Okay. And this is how I'm going to do it. The first person that I'm reaching out to isn't actually available right now, but there's a chance he could be available, uh-huh. and that is to fix the defensive line, Mace, and to bring that one piece in to be next to Draymond Jones, and that is Calais Campbell. Oh, okay. he is he is locked up with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. But there's been... Man, I, I did tons of research yesterday trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. They want to get a new deal with him, and he doesn't necessarily uh, want a new deal. He, he's willing to work with them, uh, and there hasn't been any news recently about what's going to happen with him. So if they cut him, he's the number one guy I'm picking up the phone at noon on Monday to talk to. If they don't cut him, I'm even interested... In a potential trade. Now I don't know what it would take to get him. Uh if you could do two third round picks, I'd absolutely do it in a heartbeat. Now his salary cap would be a lot higher if you traded for him. But I'm 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 going off the DeMarcus Ware contract okay. for for him, which is three years, thirty million dollars. If I need to go up to twelve million dollars a year, I'm doing that as well. But in this situation, if you could get Calais for ten to twelve million dollars, that would be Huge and talk about interior pass rushers. Oh, okay,
1: let me ask you this then: You gave up a fourth round pick for AJ Boyer. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving up much more than that for S Campbell? You said two thirds. I'm.
0: I would be willing to do that.
1: Okay, what would you rather give up? Would you like to do it for your other fourth round pick?
0: That absolutely in in a heartbeat because I would do that, that deal. seems
1: a bit more fair given the standard that was set. Sure. By trading for Boye.
0: And Calais is older. He's thirty-three. He's gonna be thirty-four once the season starts, so you can make that argument. If you have to trade for him, I think his cap hits like $15 million, which is a lot more, but if you bring him in, you're probably also redoing his deal. Maybe, Mace, I'd be fine with three years, $30, 30 million, three years, $36 million. fully guaranteed. I would do that, or at least the full first two years, fully guaranteed. Give him a big signing bonus. Give him uh, a reason to like this as well, and you bring him home to Denver. I absolutely love this As your big move on the defensive line. Mace, last year he had six and a half sacks. That's what Derek Wolf had Mm -hmm. seven. And that that would be the second best season outside of Derek Wolf that the Broncos have had from a defensive lineman in forever.
1: There's also something else to mention. He has two double digit sacks in the last seasons in the last three years. Also, the dude is a hoss. He has not missed a game since 2014 in arizona
0: yep and that's that's exactly what i was going to say the six and a half sacks would be the second best season uh of a bronco in forever on the defensive line and his two seasons before that absolutely blew that one out of the water with 10 and a half sacks two years ago and 14 and a half sacks the year before that and like you said mace it's the opposite with Derek Wolfe. You don't have to count on Calais missing a single game. He would be a beast rushing the passer and stopping the run.
1: Boy, it was amazing how many guys on the Jaguars defense had career years in 2017 when they went to the AFC Championship yep. game. No surprise AJ why they Boye made it that Because did, far. Calais Campbell did as well.
0: Yep, so that's my number one move. Paying whatever I need to, but I think you get a little bit of a discount for him because you you, you make some guarantees and because he's going to be 34 years old.
1: I noticed he didn't mention the hometown thing because he would not give the Broncos a hometown discount back in 2017. <laughs> he would not. As part of the reason why he ended up in Jacksonville. Yep, exactly. A few
0: contingent plans. If he's not available, you can't trade for him. Um, that Leonard Williams, potentially, he's going to come in under $10 million. DJ Reader, the Broncos, like you mentioned earlier, are talking to. Now, he's a different guy. He's not going to be a pass rusher. He's just going to be a clog in the middle. Jordan Phillips, kind of similar to DJ Reader. Both of those guys going to be under 10 mil. And Michael Pierce, a guy that the Broncos have been connected to, um, he, he's a guy that's going to be on the cheap side if you want to do it cheaply and if he fits Vic's scheme. Now,
1: let me ask you this. If the Broncos get Calais Campbell, are you saying they don't go after a Reader or Pierce who is more of a nose tackle type and simply ride Mike Purcell? On the nose in 2020.
0: Yep, that's what I'm doing. I'm spending all my money on Calais Campbell on the defensive line. All right, now on the other line, I don't want to ignore offensive line, even though I think the Broncos will. I'm going after the two best players available on the offensive line. That's Joe Thune or Brandon Scherf. Get one of those guys. Now, Brandon Scherf may not be available. The Washington Redskins may franchise tag him, but get either of them. And I'm paying $12.5 million per year to lock down one of these guys. I think that'll get it done. Four years, $50 million, $30 million guaranteed. I'm paying one of these guys to come in and be an absolute stud on the offensive line. Then you have Dalton Reisner. I don't care who the center is. And Joe Thune or Brandon Scherf. That is huge on the interior. It's going to cost you a lot, but you know what? We got a lot of money. I'm spending it. What do you think of that, Mace?
1: Intriguing. Brandon Scherf may have to be more expensive than $12 million a year. Joe Thune be right there. Uh, what about uh, Graham Glasgow? Uh, Rumblings that the uh, Lions may not bring him back.
0: Yeah, um, he could be a third option. But I'm, I'm getting the top of the line. I'm helping my offensive line out in a big way. And I know you did it last year. But with Juwan James, he paid an average player elite money. I'm about playing an elite player, elite money. And two of these guys could be available. So it, it helps your chances out there. All right. So right now, I just invested about $22.5 million on uh, in the trenches. And that's very important to me. Now, here's where it gets fun, Mace. I'm still investing on the offensive line. Okay. And I'm signing Jason Peters. Ooh. I'm signing Jason Peters. Um, I saw online you could... Get away with one year, $8 million. But you know what? I'll make it even more enticing for him. I'll give him two years, $16 million. Um, so a total of $8 million per year. If it needs to be knocked up to nine, ten million $10 million per year, I will do that for Jason Peters. Bring him in. Give him a little more of an incentive to come here because you put on a second year. Maybe you make that second year uh, partially guaranteed. Jason Peters is going to be my left tackle, so I just significantly upgraded my offensive line with Jason Peters and an All-Pro guard.
1: What are you doing with Garrett Bowles? In
0: uh, he's your backup. I, I don't if you you're cut okay
1: him, with a backup. Yep. But would you consider a trade for, of him?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Anything's. I don't have to hold on to Garrett Bowles by any means, but I'm also not cutting him the day that 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 you signed Jason Peters. So right now, got about $30 million invested in three players all within the trenches. <sighs> Mace, when the Broncos made the trade for, for Boyer, I said, that's it. They're done. They got to be done in the secondary. That's all they can spend there because they've already spent about 25% of the cap on their secondary. But gosh, thinking about it, I'm okay with dishing out a little more money to try to make the no fly zone 2.0 and of course it won't be called that it'll be called something else but Prince of Mukamara he really wants to come to Denver
1: yes he really wants he really to come wants to, to play for Vic Fangio and
0: he's the reason why I'm willing to shell out a little more money cuz I actually do think that you'll get a bit of a discount with him especially with how much he's tipping his hand so 5 million for Prince Mukamara 6 million 5 or 6 million for prince and Mukumara. three-year deal uh i don't really care that the length of the deal there but five or six million to bring prince in and then you have three stud cornerbacks that that vic fangio likes fits the system and now your secondary is fully locked up so right now i'm at about 35 million dollars you think
1: you can get prince for five
0: Five or six. I don't know. And, okay. and, and, and maybe that's a pipe dream let's right am, there. Let's I, assume
1: six for Amukamara. Okay.
0: Okay. So I'm at $36 million. So I have $4 million left to spend. Mace, another guy you mentioned? Bring back Trev. Bring back Trevor oh. Simeon to be your backup quarterback. My man should have never been Ugh. shipped out in the first place. But he was, and you bring him back now. He's coming off a brutal injury. So you can get him on the cheap. You can get him for two million dollars a year. That's what he signed for with the Jets last year. And he's gonna be he 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 did not raise his value last year. So bring him back. He's going to be a great veteran backup. <laughs> he's going to accept that role. He's gonna get along well with Drew Locke. His teammates are gonna like him. He's going to be prepared if you need to call on him. And you know that he can play in you know short stretches he can win you games he can keep you in the loop and he's cheap because i just spent all my money on starters this is a perfect value we talked about value in the draft mace bringing in trevor simeon will be a fantastic value as a backup
1: just be prepared for all the sound drops of (laughs) i wish i knew how to quit you (laughs) (laughs) if that happens the Broncos can't quit Trevor's Simeon. <laughs> <genuine. laughs>
0: I would absolutely oh. love it. He's my guy. Bring him back as a perfect backup. He's your he guy, can, huh? Because he can weather you through the storm, and he'll be a perfect mentor for Drew Locke. All right, May. so I have $2 million left to spend, but I just cut Jeff Ironman. Oh, really? So I just saved $4 million. So I have $6 million available. So you need a backup tight end. I need a second tight end. And I'm going to call Jason Witten and I'm going to say, <laughs> I, Jason, I got $6 million left and I want all six of those million dollars to go to you. Look, the Cowboys are in an awful financial situation right now. They can't afford $6 million for Jason Witten. I'm giving him the rest of my salary cap to bring him in here. Not as the tight end one. Don't freak out. No fans that guy. As the tight end, too, he's going to be on the field often. Uh, He can be potentially used as the tight end when when Noah Fant is used as a third wide receiver, and he's going to be an awesome veteran presence, not just for Noah Fant in that locker room, but for the entire young Broncos offense. And there you go. There's my offseason plan. Upgraded cornerback, upgraded defensive line in a big way, significantly upgraded offensive line, and helped and really shored up that wide or the the tight end spot got my backup quarterback and yes john elway likes to go into the draft with no holes and i have a glaring hole at wide receiver but you know what i'm okay with it because it's 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 not like vic fangio said it perfectly at the combine vic fangio said sometimes there's there's you know a deep wide receiver class and i put that in air quotes uh and there's six guys well once there's a run made on them all of those guys are gone by the 10th, 15th pick in the second round. And Vic Fangio said, this wide receiver class is not like that. This wide receiver class truly is deep. And so that's why I'm okay going into the draft with a glaring hole. Because Mace, if you don't get the guy that you love at 15, well, you can turn around and get a guy that you love in the second round. And then you can pick up a second guy in the third round with one of those third round picks. It really is a rare rare wide receiver class for how much top end talent there is and how much depth there is. And that's why I would feel comfortable, especially with 11 picks in the draft, that you can move up three spots if you need to and trade a third round pick in order to get your guy. You can get your guys in the draft there. And I, I love it. So you're spending all your money. You're not having any carryover and you're getting studs. This team is ready to compete. Now you're not putting yourself in a bad spot for the future. Uh, and, uh, it also sets up for for a draft plan that will 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 let you succeed. Mace, what do you think?
1: You're getting some studs. You're getting a lot of old guys. You are. It's fascinating because you've got let's assume Joe Thuney is the guy, not Brandon Sheriff, okay? Okay. So you have six pickups here. Yep. Clayus Campbell, Joe Thuney, Jason Peters, Trevor Simeon, Prince of Mukamara, and Jason Witten. Yep. Four of those players will be 31 or older by the time the regular season starts. Three of them will be 34 (laughs) or older. So consider this. Right now, on the Broncos roster, you only have two players age 31 or older. Kareem Jackson and Joe Flacco. And we all assume that Joe Flacco is not going to be around. The other guys who are on the other side of 30 are Derek Wolf, who may or may not be back, as we alluded to earlier. Von Miller, who will be back. Ron Leary, not picking up the option. Chris Harris Jr. looks like he's gone. So that means you you will have more than doubled your complement of 30-plus players on the roster with this free agent class all your experience your older veterans is coming from guys you're bringing in and i
0: like that and i like that because the broncos needed a changing of the guard and and not just by empowering these young guys but surrounding them with some veteran experience and i i don't think jason Witten's going to come in and not listen to the young guys he's going to be great for the locker room i think the exact same thing with jason peters and whatever guard you bring in these guys are going to be good they're not just going to be dominant uh and especially on the offensive side of the ball a lot of those old guys are on the offensive side of the ball i think it's perfect to pair with this young core and especially you're, you're just going to be adding to the young core on offense in the draft you're going to be drafting a wide receiver two of them probably
1: in the first five picks you also did not re-sign a single unrestricted free agent from the broncos compliment yep so casey crider gone you're looking for a new long snapper Jerry Atakshu, gone. You're looking for a new backup outside linebacker. Yep. Connor McGovern, gone. You've basically replaced him, and you feel like upgrade on the interior with Joe Thune, and you're also saying that Patrick Mars, for the moment, is your center, something that is probably quite subject to change.
0: Exactly, for the moment. And you can add, draft. and you may add a us, and we'll we'll do this again when the draft rolls around. But you may add a center in the second round. You may add a defensive lineman in the second round. Uh, we know they're going wide receiver with at least two of those top five picks.
1: You figure one of Tyler Biotish, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Cesar Ruiz would be available at fifty. Yep, and they would certainly all be on the radar. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with any of them. That said, I think there's a gap to between Cushenberry and Biotis to Ruiz in terms of the type of player I want. I like the fact that Biotis and Cushenberry have expressed more willingness to play guard, if need be, than Cesar Ruiz, who describes himself as a in center. Right, right. Man. That's kind of a tiebreaker between those guys.
0: Man, Mace, I, I don't care who you get in the draft after my plan. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, and I need a Breck brew. To help me feel even better after this and celebrate the great off season and free agency that we just had. And I can do that with a great Breck Brew Avalanche Ale. Perfect time to do this. If you're heading up to the mountains, this is the perfect beer for this time of year. Cause you get the you get the cold beer with the Rocky Mountain taste in it, and it's the perfect weather really when you head up there because it it's it's not going to be too cold in the mountains and it's going to be just perfect for the Avalanche Ale. And if you want to know where to find them, make sure to check out the Breck Beer Locator, and that'll let you know where you can get every single beer. And I know you can get some Breck beer at the DNVR Bar. This. Friday night when you're checking out the Avs and Nuggets game with us. Make sure to check us out because we're going to be stocked with tons of Breck beer, including the Avalanche Ale. And maybe you'll stop by the DNVR bar after checking out a Colorado Raptors game. And guys, they're in full swing right now. So if you want a little taste of football, check out rugby and check out the Colorado Raptors. We have Colton Strickland on the beat over there. He's doing an awesome... Awesome job. It's been so cool for me, someone that doesn't really know rugby to be following his stuff cuz he does a great job of explaining what's going on while also explaining exactly what's going on with the Colorado Raptors. So, let's let's all support this this team, the Colorado Raptors, and it's an awesome awesome place to go check out infinity park out in glendale you can get kids tickets for five bucks adults tickets going for just just a little bit over that at 20 bucks it's in a great place right next to cherry creek so make sure that you check out the raptors in person and also on dnvr raptors with the dnvr uh, coverage that we have and make sure to give colton strickland a follow all right mace Shall we listen
1: and see what the people have to say? Yes, we shall listen to the people. Let's go to our comment section for today, and let's start out with it's Miller time. Hey boys, long time no comment. Stoked to hear about the new DMVR home. Planning on a trip out there this year. Quick question: My friends and I are trying to have a little fun to start a podcast. What equipment do you use or recommend for a beginner? On a Broncos note, go Broncos! Well. We had a similar question come in yesterday, and we kind of got into the weeds of the kind of equipment that we use on this that could help you out. So I would say go back and listen to that, and uh, we touch on it there.
0: Yeah, exactly, because Mace gives a, a great detailed breakdown of that. And Mace, I love it. Are we inspiring some young podcasters? Hope so. Up and coming podcasters, I would absolutely love that. That'd be pretty awesome. Next one coming in from Denver. Guys, hate to break it to you, but Rocky Mountain oysters, my menu suggestion for the DNVR bar, has nothing to do with oysters. Check it out. Cannot wait to hear your reactions. Love from Germany. Triple D. Oh, don't we worry, Denver. We know. We know. We know what Rocky Mountain oysters are.
1: I have only had Rocky Mountain oysters at Coors Field.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting place to get. Rocky and I've Mountain had them oysters.
1: twice. And coincidentally enough, it's when the Rockies have played the Kansas City Royals, which is a rare series because the Royals, of course, are in the American League. And you had them—you um, had
0: Rocky Mountain Oysters at Royals games both times. Yes. Wow, that is rare.
1: So. Wow. Yeah, it's just something I guess I only do when the Royals come to town. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's, it's because it's a new tradition. There's, for a, you huge, there's a, a huge. There's a huge. A uh, cattle scene and a uh, stockyard in Kansas City. I don't know. <laughs> but when I realized it, I thought, okay, I guess I'll only have Rocky Mountain oysters when the Royals are in town. When's the next time they're in town? Do you know? Uh, good question.
0: Um, I don't really know how the baseball schedule rolls around like that.
1: Um, Let's see here. Who are the Rockies playing in interleague play? this season mace is looking at uh every one they're of playing okay two games they're playing the rangers the white Sox, a white huh? the tigers oh so it looks like this is uh the rangers be an exception but this looks like a an al central year here the twins we're into july now okay There's the big series with the Braves, the biggest series of the year for the Rockies. The Rangers again. As
0: you're sporting your Atlanta Braves coat right now. Yes. And
1: the Indians. Okay, I don't see the Royals on there. All right. So maybe maybe you'll have to wait
0: another year or two to have some Rocky Mountain oysters. Unless we get them at the DNVR bar, then you may have to change your ways.
1: Well, maybe I'll go up to us. There's an event in Montana called the uh, Testicle Festival. <laughs> the Testy Festy. The Testy Festy. You know all about that. From you.
0: You, you were the one to, oh to inform my... me on the great Testy Festy. Oh, my gosh. Well,
1: there you go. The Testy Festy. <laughs> if so I'm if... ever in Montana... I've never been to Montana, by the way. Oh, yeah. I haven't either. Yeah, there's a big... In terms of states I've visited, there's a big, a big void north and west of here. I've been to Oregon and... Washington I used to live in Washington State but I haven't been to Idaho I haven't been to Montana believe it or not I've never been to Wyoming
0: wow literally right next
1: door I've never been wow. to Wyoming and I haven't been and then north this is northeast I haven't been in North Dakota I haven't been to South Dakota yep that's the hole in the map for me
0: probably a hole for a lot of people except for Wyoming and Colorado a lot of people from Colorado have been there yeah
1: I haven't ever been to Utah Wow, I've been to Utah. I guess I'm sort of heeding the advice of Erwin guess- Ir- M. Fletcher in the film Fletch back in 1985 or that was that was told to him by uh, Gail Stanwyck. Utah's not exactly a cure for boredom.
0: <laughs> Next what? one coming in from Iceman. Hey, friends, you three working at a sports bar just doesn't sound like a good plan. Good luck with that. What? What? Hmm. We- we're going to have professionals
1: work in the bar. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, we're there. We're putting our name on it. We're involved with it, but we've got professional restaurateurs involved with this project. This is not going to be like the episode of Frasier where Frasier and Niles and Daphne and Roz all end up having to work the kitchen and tend bar and the restaurant just collapses. They're trying <laughs> to they're trying to figure out a way how to cook an Anguilla, which of course is eels.
0: Oh yeah, I don't know if I'd rather want do, that. But they're but, oysters. but
1: they're live in a tank, and they have to fill out figure out how to kill them. So, uh, no, thank you. So they drop. I think they drop a toaster in, oh in the water. Oh my gosh! Oh <laughs> my. see the lights flickering on and off. Nothing like that. We're also not going to be serving Anguilla.
0: Yes, I hope not. I don't think that so. That doesn't
1: really seem like good bar food. <laughs> no.
0: Iceman goes on, as an NFL fan, I would love to know that there will be 11 years of labor peace and football and Broncos. Amen to that. At the end of that, I'll be 78 years old, so by then I might not need another CBA to enjoy the love of the NFL. Go oh, Denver, man. DNVR, Bar Dalton, and
1: Drew. Yes. Well, we'll see. We're getting conflict. a lot of conflicting opinions on this right now. So, Yep. And it's also interesting that the, the the player head of the NFLPA, as voted yesterday, is now going to be J.C. Treder replacing uh, Eric Winston. And Treder was considered the compromise candidate between those who are in favor of the CBA and those who are against the right. CBA. Right.
0: Yep. He's right in the middle. Hasn't given his vote yet.
1: Right. Carpaccio Chris. R.K., happy belated birthday, my friend. I wish you many, many more. Perhaps even 75 more. <laughs> Congrats, fellows, on the DNVR bar. So stoked for you and the listeners of DNVR. I've made a trip out to a Broncos game the last three years, and this coming year I'll be able to go to the DNVR bar rather than Column or Blake Street Tavern. Hey, there's room to go to all of them. It's true. They're all friends of the program. Yep. I can already tell it's going to feel like home. Hell, rather than going to Sam's Number 3 for breakfast, I might go have a brew for breakfast. Love, y'all. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> not only a brew— the bottomless mimosas mm-hmm. brunch is going to be a big thing on weekends at the dnvr bar which is appropriate because the action sports wise usually starts at about 10 in the morning yep. mountain time and, and you so know you want what, to come uh, in and watch those early east coast games like on a college football saturday yeah you got college football popping from 10 a.m mountain time onward a great chance to go over to the DMVR bar, have some brunch, watch some football.
0: Yep, we start. We open on Friday, and the following week is tourney time. It's going to be awesome. Talk about games on all day long, including
1: the Buffs. Yep, they're yep. going to be in the tournament, no matter what happens in the Pac-12 tourney. Exactly.
0: Super Bowl.ing Convincing my girlfriend to go on a trip to Denver was much easier than expected. Who knows? You may be. E- you may even get a visit from the original bromance. Speaking of love. Y'all mentioned watch parties. Any chance we get some bachelor ones? I stay in tune for that. Stay, stay tuned for that.
1: Y'all are. I'll taking... leave that to RK. Mace, by you the don't, way, you don't
0: want to set that up. I am That's
1: not. not your, I all? can tell you right now, I will not be at a bachelor watch party. <laughs> like I said, I've figured it out how to have context on what y'all talk about. I'm just gonna read the recap. It takes me two minutes. Read a recap, and I'm good. I don't need to watch. It's, it's wise. Y'all are taking over the city. Next comes
0: the state. The nation will soon know where to get the Denver sports info. Keep up that incredible work, boys. You inspire me every day. Well, thank, thank you so much, Super Bowl, and that, that means a ton.
1: J Money stack 97 Maze, don't worry, I'm here with you repping the hashtag pancake gang. Waffles, and especially French toast, do not compare pancakes all the way. <laughs> hey, I like them all. I do, too. I'm choosing between three things I really like. I just think that pancakes are getting a bad rap here.
0: It's a, man, it's easier to mess up pancakes than any of the other ones. I think a good pancake is really good. I think a a great, a better waffle is better. I think most of the time waffles are better than pancakes and French toast also kind of like pancakes does, does have a wide range. French toast can be the best of them all and you can also mess it up.
1: French easily. toast
0: can be amazing if you do it right. Right, I- exactly. But hey, I'm not. I'm not bashing on pancakes. I'm just saying they come in last place. Next one coming in from Sir James Radio. I have an amazing talent of missing the cutoff by one from the previous day. Well, not today. The coronavirus is a massive economic killer right now. I live in Coachella Valley, Greater Palm Springs, California area. We are the home of the BNP Paribus Tennis Tournament that was recently canceled. The ANA Inspiration in talks to be canceled or moved. Home of the Coachella Music and Arts Festival, a.k.a. Coachella Fest and Stagecoach, both of which are being postponed until a year. In- half a year until october that's estimated roughly 500 million dollars worth of income that is just gone several small businesses depend on that money are in and are are in panic mode right now i wish locals would flock to them that that rather than the water and toilet paper that they don't need yeah the
1: panic buys on the water and toilet paper are ridiculous i think we can take this seriously without going nuts and and, and hoarding like we're preparing for the apocalypse here. Yes. There's a middle ground on this. Okay, rant over. On another note, I'm so
0: freaking proud of DNVR. Congrats on the DNVR bar. I have stated on previous pods I am a former radio broadcaster, but never mentioned I was politicked out of a job. Isn't that how it always goes? Can However, be. I've been with this podcast through early BSN incarceration. Incar, incar,
1: Incarnation. Thank you. Were you going to say (laughs) incarceration? Yes. Are we doing this from prison? (laughs) Well, I guess that's one uh, spot that we haven't really thought of where we could take this show on the road. Oh wow! Yeah, maybe not. I mean, it worked for Johnny Cash. (laughs) When it's you, the it's the DNVR Folsom Prison special. <laughs> when you win,
0: I feel like we all win, and with everything that I've mentioned earlier, we all really need a win right now. Congrats to
1: everyone in BSN and DNVR history. Well, thanks for rolling with us, Sir James Radio. We love you. Yeah, we love you. But uh, sorry to hear about that out in uh, out in, in Palm Springs, Palm Desert, man. That's real, and that's part of uh, sort of the secondary uh, consequence of this is. When you lose these events, you lose the tourist dollars. I mean, what we're going to see something similar if uh, they, if the NCAA decides, okay, we're going to play the first and second rounds of the tournament, for example, in closed arenas. Right. People, A lot of people come from out of town for that. Be, when the football calendar was a bit different and the NCAA tournament was the week after the start of the league year, I used to go to first and second round games, sometimes to work them uh, freelance, sometimes to just be a fan and sit in the stands. And uh, I would travel great distances to go to a venue, and I know other people do that as well. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's really tough it's, uh, to, see these, to see these events go. I think that's, again, I think it's something that should be taken seriously, but I also do think there is a little bit of a panic in terms of, in terms of the, the reaction to it and the way people are, are hoarding stuff. Yeah. you don't need to go out and get a bunch of toilet paper here Again, like i said <laughs> this is not the apocalypse this is not nuclear war this is not you know this it's not one of those situations wash your hands use hand sanitizer be careful with the handshakes and you can do the things you need to do to make sure that uh, you keep the spread you keep the spread down and then just make sure that uh, you're those you know who are immunocompromised or older make sure that they take the necessary precautions as well.
0: Well said, Mace. Just ice, hold the water. Hey, guys, what do you think is the worst-case scenario for the Broncos in this draft? I'd argue that it would be hard for us to screw up our first pick, essentially, since we're destined to have at least one elite player fall to us. Although with our second, there's a few possibilities for failure. I mean, any player couldn't work out, but what would be an off-the-wall pick while other players in need still might be on the board? Just Chick-fil-A. Hold ice, or i just chick-fil-a ice hold the water Mm, mmm chick-fil-a ice is good yep that's that that's that ice we were talking about
1: oh the the small pieces
0: exactly um you know what in the first round it's not a guarantee that an elite player will fall to you so that that, that would be the worst case scenario is being forced to take a player that just isn't an elite player Um, and especially if an elite wide receiver or tackle doesn't fall to you, and that's also possible. I don't think that'll happen, but for me, that's worst-case scenario, and especially in this draft, having to trade back. You you don't need to trade back. You have so many picks already. Get an elite player at 15. If one's not there, to me, that's worst-case scenario.
1: Yeah, and I would say this. Even in drafts where it looks like, oh, it's deep, you're guaranteed to get an elite player. Stuff happens. Some of these guys that we're talking about in the top 15, there, there's going to be a bust or two in there. So there's no guarantee that you get an elite prospect at number 15. So let's talk about the second round then. And let's say the Broncos are sitting there in the middle of the round. What could they pick? That would raise some eyebrows and not really fill in a a pressing need, but be a, a, a pick that they could make. I would actually say this, even though running back is not a primary need, that is one where I could see them biting. In round two, Mm -hmm. even though they need another offensive lineman, even though they could use a defensive lineman, even though they could they could maybe still use a wide receiver. If let's say like I just did a draft network mock draft and in round one, I got Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia. I'm sitting here at the starter in the middle of round two. And I haven't taken a receiver. you still got plenty of them on the board. But the top player available on the Draft Network's board as the Broncos pick 46th is J.K. Dobbins, the running back out of Ohio State. Jonathan Taylor's just gone off the board a few picks earlier.
0: I think that would be exciting, though. I think a lot of people would like that.
1: Right, but it would be curious to take a running back that early.
0: I think one that with would, others
1: that are on the board, but that's what I think. That's what I think is being talked about here.
0: I think, yeah, and I think that's fair. I think a one that freaks people out would be cornerback in round two. I think that would send a lot or of people safety. into a tizzy. Right, oh, safety yeah. is another one. Yeah, that Even though make sense at all, you
1: got Kyle Duggar, who would be a pretty good second round pick out of Lenore Ryan, who had who that had that fantastic Senior Bowl week and uh, showed that he's ready for the huge level jump from D2 to the NFL. Actually on this current mock draft that I'm looking at on the draftnetwork.com, Grant Delpit was available at 41 and was taken by the Browns then, but Grant Delpit some people have mystifyingly mocked him to the Broncos in round 1. Yeah, that's why. But what if Delpit was there in round 2? <laughs>
0: It'd be interesting. it mean Justin Simmons better be on a franchise tag or Kareem Jackson's out after this year. Yeah, so... Next one coming in Not from Pismo Beach Bronco 07. Hey guys, congrats on the DNVR bar. What an amazing idea! I'm sure you will be. I'm sure it'll be wildly successful. I will be a newlywed this year on my visit to Denver, and my, and I most certainly want to grab a strawberry sky with you all. And I'm sure my wife will be excited as well as she listens too. Please consider adding eight oh five and DBA to your tap so we can share our native beers with each other. That would be so cool. Just a thought. Why not make a wall in the bar dedicated to your subscribers and put our screen names on the wall? Once again, so happy for you guys. It's well-deserved and a tremendously good idea. Well, I think that's a tremendously good idea as well, Pismo Beach Bronco.
1: Yeah, and I like that you mentioned 805, for example. One thing that would be kind of cool is I talked about how you have maybe some special items on the menu that are reflective of an opponent of the Broncos or the Nuggets or the Avs or Rockies that night. You can do the same thing with beer. Say, for example, the week that you play the Panthers, you get some of those beers from the western part of North Carolina, which has a, a beer scene that is uh, very much kind of cross-pollinated with the Colorado beer scene. Those two kind of that come together and mix. For example, you got an Oscar Blues brewery uh, out in Asheville as well as here, but maybe you get some local brews from, uh, from North Carolina, perhaps like a, like a Catawba or a a Highland, which is one that's uh, up around Asheville there and and stuff like that. Just get some flavor from the town that you're facing. It's something I I, I got the idea from some tailgates that you see where, you know, let's say you're facing the Florida gators and let's have some gator tail.
0: Mm Hmm. <laughs> Stuff right. like that, right? Right. Little yeah, taste of the opponent. You're, yeah, you're eating the opponent. Oklahoma Bronco 58 chimes in with some bachelor spoilers. <laughs> so I can't read it. All I know is there's there's talk of Barb. Who is Barb? I don't know. Uh, we got to give at least 24 hours for those those to breathe. But I, I think
1: she's Peter's, Peter's
0: mom. That's why I think so too. I think yes. That's my guess. But you know more than I do.
1: I read very late last <laughs> night. I think that's Peter's mom. <laughs> so anyway. But I I read it now. I can be aware. All I have to now that I know that all I have to do is spend two minutes to read a recap, I'm not going to be lost. Right. But I'm not watching this. (laughs) I am not. I I sat through enough to be uh, and and fell asleep, as (laughs) RK put out there (laughs) on social media, (laughs) falling asleep during an episode. You can't fall asleep reading two minute recaps. Right. And I I prefer to read anyway than, than watch. Unless it's a game, count disagree. count locula. I may have spent an hour that I should have spent cleaning the house, looking for Mace's burner account. Something <laughs> is dreadfully wrong with me. Love the
0: count. Well, the count. It doesn't sound like you found it, Mace. Did you get another follower last night by chance? No. Uh, still
1: at two followers. I believe. Uh, Actually, two let, followers. Let me there check here. Let
0: me check. The count. Maybe you can burn another hour tonight uh, finding. Because I've person got it right here followers. on my phone.
1: <laughs> All right. Yep. Two followers. Are they people you know? Random followers? Uh, they're completely random. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I don't know who they are. <laughs> I think it's just people who liked something that I wrote because most of the tweets I put out from this burner account are responses to like political tweets, right? Right, and so forth.
0: <laughs> well, good luck finding oh, an account. man, there's I'm, something else to go
1: on. Two followers. I'm just looking at at. Uh, some of the recent ones I've posted on here
0: <laughs> not safe for the podcast.
1: Oh, they're safe for the podcast, <laughs> but uh, we're trying to keep this apolitical exactly as so much as possible. So I would probably uh, I'd probably tick off a bunch of people. Ooh, there is a ooh, there's a sports one there, but it's not Broncos.
0: <laughs> the 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 world of Maces burner account. Let us know if you find it. The count Broncos fan ninety three. Hey guys, first of all, congratulations on the bar. Sounds awesome, and I can't wait to plan a trip from Phoenix to come check it out. We'd love to have you. Just a couple questions, so I will make this short. One, since free agency starts soon, who will the first player be that the Broncos sign? Like I said, I go after Clay's
1: Campbell, number one overall. <sighs> but then it says not necessarily who you want them to sign, but who Elway will sign. Right. Mm. I'm going to predict DJ Reader.
0: Yeah, since they've already shown interest in him. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Question two, even with all the cap space available, do you think they will struggle bringing in players because of the last four years? Thanks as always. You guys are the best.
1: They won't struggle if they're willing to pay, but the problem with where the Broncos sit right now is you are not going to get discounts. Drew Locke is not at the point where a player is going to take less money from the Broncos compared to another team just because he's there. I think there's optimism about him, but this is not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Oh, I'm you know doing whatever to make sure I can play with him. Not the case at this point. Not bingo. yet. You bingo. hope it's that way in a year, but you're not there right now.
0: Yep, bingo, Mace. You hit it right on the head. There's going to be no discounts, so the Broncos aren't going to have trouble signing players if they pay the right amount, just like Juwan James. They had no problem signing Juwan James. They signed him 12 hours after uh the legal tampering window opened because they made him the highest-paid
1: right tackle in the history yeah. of the NFL. On to NZ Zach Mace. Zach, Kia Ora. you are both thinking correctly with the NZ. Born and raised in the far north near the Bay of Islands. Amazing seafood from game fish to shellfish. We have it all there. In my opinion, the best water. A debate from last offseason. Ooh, interesting. So <laughs> New Zealand, in the north of New Zealand... We have to find out if they really do have the best water there.
0: Yeah, Zach, we're we're going to need you to go back to the north of New Zealand <laughs> and ship us some water.
1: It says, I moved to Adelaide to be closer to work. Eight years later, I'm still here. Kitchen time. Zach using a butter knife or spoon to help remove the contents from the toaster is just fine, but please turn it off first and remove the power plug. Solution <laughs> solved. <laughs> Broncos time. Cut one and or trade. Pay one and franchise tag one offense. Philip Lindsay, Dalton Reisner, and Cortland
0: Sutton. Okay, so cut one or trade one. Mm-hmm. Pay one and franchise one. Yep. Um, I'm cutting or trading Philip Lindsay. Yeah, me too. I too. Reluctantly.
1: Uh, it's just easier to find running backs.
0: I'm. I don't really understand the difference between pay one and franchise one. Well, I'm franchising Dalton Reisner because he'll be way cheaper as a right. franchise tag. And I'm than paying Cortland Sutton. Sutton. And I'm paying Cortland Sutton.
1: Yep, me too. And then defense, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, and Kareem Jackson. And I hate to do this, but I'm cutting Kareem Jackson because yep. he's the oldest one. Yep. I am tagging Justin Simmons, yep. and I'm paying Bradley Chubb.
0: Bingo. Completely agree.
1: Real quick, with the DNVR bar, consider traveling employees for someone like myself who wants to do a snow season abroad. Thanks, for the great and ongoing content, Zachary. Well, that's it's a good question. It is Seasonal it is employees, question. basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is a good question. I'm not sure, with since, like we said, it's not Mace and I cooking the burgers mm-hmm. and making the delicious Philly cheesesteaks mm-hmm. and whatever we're going to have on the menu, uh, that, that'll actually be taken care of by someone else. So I'm right. not sure if, if we'll really have a say in that. I'm yeah. not sure.
1: Yeah, it's... I mean, really, the DMVR bar—it's a partnership, right? right. And that—that's a key thing to consider. We are, you know, our brand is on it, our name is on it, but uh, it's the little pub company that is handling the kind of the guts of the restaurant. Uh, that—that's an, and they've had this spot for a while. You know, they—they've gone through some different things. That we—it used to be back in the day the uh, three lions. World Football Pub, mm-hmm. which I recall very well being a soccer fan. But I think this is the one that's really got the the most to it. I think this one's going to have a lot of punch and it's going to be a real big success.
0: I think so too. And something else that's a real big success that just came to Colorado not too long ago is In We Go. And guys, we partnered with them a couple years ago and they are awesome. It's In We Go because they get you in to so many events across Denver and Colorado, from Nuggets games, from Avalanche games. They have so many of them available right now. They're also adding Rockies games on their app right now. So what it is, is it's a monthly membership for doing things. And once you get the app, you you can sign up for $25, $45 a month, or $65 a month. It gets you access to so many events every single night. And you get into those events for free with your membership at Inwego. And here's the thing. Maybe you want to test it out. Use the code DNVR to get your first month for free. Guys, use this code for free, and you can go to an event every single night for this month, and it'll get you into all of these events for free. It is way too cool. Whether you're into music, whether you're into concerts, whether you're into sporting events, check in we go out because it'll hook you up with all of those we absolutely love it here i've used in we go for for years now and it is the coolest app so download in we go use that code dnvr to try out your first month for free and this is a perfect time with the abs and nuggets making a push mm-hmm. and then you got the rockies starting up too so make sure to check out in we go All right, Mace.
1: Let's move on. Let's go to Denveria. Guys, is it true that the Nuggets occasionally show a picture of Tom Brady when their opponent has free throws to increase the booing? Just saw a post about it on NFL memes. Hilarious.
0: Yes, it is true. And it it especially, man, I remember them doing that when there was the the Mm -hmm. Peyton-Tom rivalry going on.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that sort of stuff is fun, but you remember when the Broncos— did something similar when they put Philip Rivers on the scoreboard during a Bronco-Charger <laughs> yep. game. Yep. And Peyton Manning got real unhappy, and he said some unkind words about the person running the scoreboard at the time. <laughs> yep. I got to have a chat with that scoreboard <laughs> operator. Oh, man. I, you know what? I think Peyton Manning was amazing for the Broncos, but that was one moment where I just thought, lighten up, man. Yeah,
0: I. I agree. It's just a game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just having some fun. It's and, just a game.
0: And that's the great thing about Peyton is he, he just he wanted every he wanted to control everything. Well,
1: a little interesting thing about Colts games back in those day in the days when Peyton Manning was their quarterback. They would not let media shoot video on the field in a game from at a Colts game from in front of Peyton Manning. Wow. Because, so, like, all the – if the Colts were going in one direction, they had to shoot away and shoot the offense going away from them. Wow. Like, most NFL venues, the local TV cameras, they're down, like, from the 20-yard lines to the end zone and then around the back of the end zone, but they can go at either end of the field willy-nilly. Couldn't do that in Indianapolis because – they didn't want the hand signals on camera.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, that's uh, something else. That's the sort of that's the detail.
1: Yeah, and the other thing you remember uh, back when the when Peyton Manning would be here and they'd have practice, and in the field house one day. He was not happy that the cameras were still shooting at a certain moment. And Dave Willey of CBS4, he still has the screen grab as his wallpaper on his laptop of Peyton Manning, kind of with his hand out as if he's saying, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he does not look happy in that picture, that's for sure. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Negative, false, positive says, for me... Sugar sauce ruins barbecue meat. When I smoke, I start with good meat, preferably meat I watched growing up. I do a simple No, pe- watched grow up. Oh, watched, yes, watched grow up. <laughs> I do a simple pepper rub and then low and slow. A vinegar sauce on pork is nice because it cuts the richness. I do not understand the appeal of sh- I I do not understand the appeal of sugar sauce though. Negative false positive. I actually I don't like the sugary sauces and I know you know, generic barbecue sauce is really sugary. But I, I definitely prefer other types of sauce. I prefer one that has a little mm. kick and isn't just filled with sugar. So
1: you would like Eastern North Carolina barbecue, which okay. is a vinegar-based sauce that's got red pepper mm. in it. So it's got yep. some spice to it. It's got some kick to it. Yep. My wife, actually, she's just like you on this. She did not really like barbecue, but then I introduced her to – the Eastern North Carolina style, which is what I'm most familiar with. That's where my roots are on my dad's side of the family. So, what color is the sauce? It's like it's basically it's it's opaque. It's a, it's you know vinegar is kind of a yep. little bit. It's yeah. How did you, how how do you describe the color of vinegar?
0: So it is vinegar. It's just vinegar.
1: It's vinegar based, and then you put some red pepper in, and some okay. apples. Apple cider vinegar is a big yep. part of it, so it's kind of got that that apple juice ciderish color to it. Like, not cider because it's not dark. It's probably got more of an apple juice color to it. Right. Okay. And interesting. That's... So is
0: it thick or is it thin like a
1: vinegar? It's thin. Mmm. Interesting. It's I've thin. definitely
0: never had that. Yeah.
1: Love to try it. Ethan Rozier. Mace, I feel you on having no love for pancakes. There's this place here in Texas called Dove Creek Cafe with pancakes the size of the plate. My favorite is the cinnamon roll one. Keep the pancake dream alive, Mace. You know what? I wonder if we've got a little bit of this debate all wrong because there are amazing things you can do with pancakes, but maybe we just need to discuss a plain pancake, a plain waffle, not a Belgian waffle, and a plain piece of French toast.
0: With nothing on it? Yeah. Okay. Nothing maybe on that's it. the
1: debate we need to be having here because when you jazz everything up, of course, they're all going to be delicious. Right. Right right but that so i think we need to clarify
0: this discussion here at some point pancakes need something on it they need something
1: syrup or honey or fruit
0: yep exactly they 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 need something because i'll I'll tell you what i've i've had around denver there's some great places to get pancakes and and i've had a lot like cinnamon roll there's some great flavored ones that yes peanut butter and chocolate pancakes Yep. yep
1: Apple strudel pancakes. Yeah, oh
0: you you can you Mm. can decorate a pancake more than anything else. In terms of what you put in it, what you put on top.
1: We do have a pancake cake. What? I had a pancake batter cake. What? Yeah. So what is it like? It's good. Remember, we had that at the it was at the Combine one day. That was the oh, dessert. It was like the pancake yeah, it was batter. Flapjack, right? Flapjack batter cake. Yeah, I didn't have it. I you didn't? Have, no. Oh, man. <laughs> That's one of the best things. If No, actually, let me correct myself. That is the best thing they've ever served at the Combine meal wow. spread for media. Wow. Was the pancake batter cake. It was incredible. I was stunned that they had it. It looked really good. I'm like, why is this for the media? Usually they just keep this for you know the, the league <laughs> types and all that. <laughs> oh, it's tremendous.
0: Next year. Yes. Nick Geyer chimes in. Hey guys, it's cool to see some subscribers talk about music. I actually once played bass in a metal band, but now I have a genuine love for piano and keys. Maybe y'all need to get a piano in your bar. I'm sure we can get RJ a, or RK a singing and strumming. Have a great day, everyone. And then he also adds, and honey and homemade almond milk is by far the best thing to have with coffee. Eggnog can kick rocks. Ha, JK. I'll tell you what. I had a actually a honey almond drink from Starbucks last week. And you know what I decided about honey? I love honey. Uh, on things and in food but in drinks it just tastes like a cough drop to me okay because you know a a normal flavor of cough drops is honey like a just, just, yeah exactly i just felt like i was drinking a throat lozenge and i did not like that well you had the wrong kind of stuff man (laughs) you felt like you were drinking a throat lozenge exactly i shouldn't have ordered the honey drink
1: yeah piano in the bar hey that'd be nice Sing us a song. You're the piano man. uh, On Tuesdays. Sing us a song tonight.
0: Tuesdays and Wednesdays have some slow jazz going on and uh, maybe you close down the bar. Do we turn down the lights
1: at 10 o'clock? Yeah. DNVR bar after dark. (laughs) Yep, I love it. (laughs) Mets Bronco 50 yesterday. I got to looking back at my pictures from training camp a couple of years ago and it baffles me how intimidating Derek Wolf is. I hands down said he's the scariest person I've ever seen in person. In your guy's opinion, who's the most intimidating player you've talked to? And take the easy answer out. I'm taking Wolf off the list. Thanks, guys. Ah, uh,
0: Well, I was going to say, I mean, that that's the answer to me. He really is a different specimen when you see him in person. And especially when when you're standing in the locker room with all of these guys, and there's huge guys walking around, and then there's Derek Wolf. He, he takes the cake. But if I can't say Derek Wolf, Mace, who was Cyrus Kwanjo mm-hmm. is probably the biggest human I've ever seen.
1: He is was huge. Have you ever seen David Baker from the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I haven't. I've heard. He uh, is the biggest human being I've ever come across. <laughs>
0: but
1: he's I likely... would say he's scary. Right. He's got some interesting suits. Some of those suits are scary. But Now, the scariest human being, Daryl Gardner. Bronco's free agent bust. But after his football career, he actually went into bodybuilding. Extremely wow. strong man. I I could, And also, he had the incident in the parking lot that I hop. Yep. While he was a Bronco. Yeah. I can see Daryl Gardner scaring some people.
0: Uh, yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> Good question there, Mets Bronco. Next one
1: coming in from, uh, oh, it's a long one. Kinnick under the lights, as in Kinnick Stadium. So we got a Hawkeye in our midst
0: <laughs>
1: before Mr. Stevens gets down the Derrick Henry to Denver rabbit hole. We as a community need to band together to stop this madness. Remember uh, back in the day, stop the insanity. <laughs> yes. Yep. Paying running backs. Big second contracts is absolute Insanity. In the league, trending toward more and more of a passing league, paying over $10 million for a running back with heavy mileage and usage is like paying more for a used car as opposed to one off the lot. Running backs do not matter. However, running games do. The highest correlation in run game success is field position and defensive players in the box. Running backs, despite their flash plays, are actually one of the lowest impact variables on run games. Blocking, personnel package, and scheme have a far greater impact on run game success and efficiency than running backs. They are easily replaceable, found everywhere throughout the draft, and are at their peak performance on the rookie contract when their usage and mileage is relatively low. Here are the highest paid second contract backs, all of which have come with cap ramifications and regret. Number one, Zeke Elliott, losing one of Byron Jones Amari Cooper, who offer way more value. Two, Todd Gurley, degenerative knee, looking to be traded.
0: Wait, really quick, Mace. Would you rather have Zeke or Amari Cooper? I'd rather have Zeke in a heartbeat.
1: I'd rather have Byron Jones of those three of them. I know it wasn't your question, but that's the names he brought up. I would rather I have— see, I love it how you eliminated Byron Jones from that. Well, I was going to the 3 I was going to get there. Who okay. would you rather Zeke or Amari? I'd rather have Zeke. Zeke
0: or Byron Jones? Byron Jones. Of those three, I'd rather have Zeke.
1: Yeah. And I would say this, while receivers are more important— there are even more receivers out there than there are running backs. That's my that's the argument I'll make. Right. Two, so, to Todd Gurley mentioned. Three, Le'Veon Bell already being shopped. Four, David Johnson washed. Zona may have to give up draft capital to move him. Five, Devontae Freeman likely cut. Six, Jerick McKinnon hasn't even seen the field since new contract, if I recall correctly. Mike Shanahan had it right when it came to backs. Draft them or find them as undrafted players, C.J. Anderson and Philip Lindsay. Use them up over their first contract. Let them walk unless they're willing to take a, sh- a short, low, average per year contract, repeat. And then he attaches some articles, uh, one from uh, Pro Football Focus, one from 538. You know what? Mike Shanahan had to pay Terrell Davis and then because of injuries and circumstance, get very little out of that contract in order to kind of. Get in the philosophy of not paying running backs. Mm, That's a good point. The Broncos paid Terrell Davis. Yep. And then all the knee problems set in.
0: It's a really good point, Mace. And here's the thing Kinnick under the lights. I just laid out my free agency plan and unfortunately it didn't include Derrick Henry. The money just obviously for Derrick Henry, the money the money wasn't there. I decided to use my resources in other ways. Um eleven or twelve million for a running back is ridiculous. He's gonna be fifteen million.
1: Right. Now, let's say for example, Melvin Gordon lingers on the market. There's not much interest. Yeah. Would I take Melvin Gordon for four million dollars on a one year oh deal? Gosh. Absolutely. In,
0: in a heartbeat. So yes, can a lights I'm not going out and paying fifteen million dollars but Derrick Henry's worth it. Derrick Henry would be worth every penny of $15 million. And a lot of the guys you mentioned, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have paid Todd Gurley. I wouldn't have paid David Johnson. I wouldn't have paid Devontae Freeman. I wouldn't have paid Jarek McKinnon. I would have paid Zeke. Um, and Le'Veon Bell, his isn't a talent issue why he's not succeeding. Um, so I probably would have paid him under the right circumstance. And I pay Derrick Henry because not only has he just been getting better, he's proven his whole life, not just his NFL career, that he can handle the load. And you're saying running backs don't matter. Running game matters. Derrick Henry was the Titans' running game. He was their offense. He was their team last year that led them to the AFC Championship game. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the league right now. I pay for elite. Derrick Henry is elite. I think he would absolutely be worth it. And here's the thing. He just turned 26 all of next season he's going to be 26 so when you sign him up for 5 years 90 million just like Zeke got he's going to get he's going to be 26 27 28 29 his last year of his deal he's going to hit 30 so this is a guy that you don't need to worry about getting old and over the hill especially in this contract you pay him now that's not something i'm worried about but i understand what you're saying i just disagree when it comes specifically to derrick henry all right next one coming in from larry den jr hey guys promise this is the last comment i'll give about pff for a while but i'm curious as to why sports writers and teams like them if they have biased opinions when they should be number driven they knock drew lock but mace you're accurate they loved will greer but before he got to start pff made excuses saying he was going into a bad situation and wasn't given a real opportunity and they fear it's going to hurt his career no his career is hurt because he was bad drew drew lock came into an ideal situation shake my head they said harold landry was a better prospect than bradley chubb before the 2018 draft Chubb, with a whole missed season, has better stats than Harold Landry in two years. They love Baker now. The NFL is unsure about Baker. And lastly, which I feel so unfair, they were knocking Shaq Barrett to say that he doesn't deserve a big contract and that the only reason he got those sacks is because he played all snaps and had more opportunities. And I'm sorry, but they are so wrong when they give their snarky remarks. I'm so curious as to why the media and teams give them so much credibility and light because they abuse their notoriety they have gained.
1: Well, first of all, I'll say what I've said a few times before over the years on various platforms about PFF. It's a good tool, but it's not everything. You can't use it as your only basis for a player evaluation. That's something you've got to do. So if you're smart, you're not simply saying, oh, PFF says it, so it must be the gospel. What I do like using from PFF is some of their raw numbers. Their raw numbers on coverage, for example. Their raw numbers on sacks allowed by offensive linemen. That sort of thing. I like to get to their raw data that they have in their premium stats, and I get some value out of that. They tend to emphasize... Things like uh, accuracy, completion percentage in terms of their their evaluation of quarterbacks. So that's one reason why they loved Will Greer, and they weren't really big fans of Drew Locke going into the draft process. And I would say—but I'll say this. I know some of the guys over at PFF. I, I disagree with the notion that— uh, they're they're snarky and all that. That's that's not the sense I get from talking to those guys.
0: Well, and and what I will say Larry Dengine, you did make some good points they missed on those guys, but everyone, everyone including misses. including myself, including the Broncos, including the Patriots, including every team, every everyone that covers the sport, every, you know, different publication out there has has mm-hmm. their misses. And that and they they certainly miss as well. Um, you know, you you just hope that they adjust if drew Locke continues to do this that they that they adjust and aren't just uh you know have their feet in the ground uh next one coming in from pop lock and drop it hey guys congrats on the bar let's hope that the future holds dnvr stadium at mile high i love it I wanted to ask a question that I have always wondered about NFL insiders. How do people like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport become trusted insiders that seemingly get the news first? Why do sources leak the news to them? Do they pay their sources under the table or what, LOL?
1: Just some of it is just kind of cultivating the sources and uh, uh, building up a trust in that. Like Adam Schefter, for example, was trusted by Mike Shanahan. He covered, you know, covered the Broncos for a long time, and some of it is saying, okay, well, I know this because I heard it from an agent, and maybe I'm not going to say this, but you know, think of me later. There's a lot of deal making right. that goes on with this, and frankly, I admit there, there's a lot of people who do that sort of thing. That's not kind of the game I play is to to say, okay, well, I might just sweep this under the radar and I'll do something else. There, there's a little of that that. Uh, that goes on under the rug, I should say. I mixed my metaphors there. That's something that uh, I, I don't really like to, to to get into. So uh, there's a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. When and- you see how when you see how the sausage is made in this business, um, you sort of get turned off by some of
0: it. Uh, yeah, you're certainly right about that. And it is I, about- I don't want
1: to say anymore because there are things that I, I've witnessed locally that really I just shake my head about yeah that's all I'm gonna say I I, I, I don't really feel comfortable saying any more than that
0: and it is about building trust but then also why Schefter and Rappaport get the news from so many places is teams and players and agents they want their news to to go to the biggest source. So that's that's mm-hmm. why once these guys got to a certain level, then I don't want to say it became easy, but then a lot of people are reaching out to them. Inertia is in they're... your favor
1: if you get to a national platform. Right, exactly. And uh, can have the ability to put stuff out there. And Because sometimes what will happen is there will be – Something put out there publicly by one side, whether it's the Asian or the team, and then somebody on the other side will say, well, no, 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 it's not that way, and I want to make sure that my side gets out, even though it's anonymous, even though it's you know a source.
0: Right, right, exactly. Mace, I think we have our last one here. We do.
1: Onion Town Lynx. Well, how you doing, guys? The real Lynx is dead, and in his place, I have risen from the soil. This move has been very stressful, and I'm still looking for work, but not a lot of success has come my way. It's harder in small towns, really. Anyways, football. I was shocked when I moved and the, D- the DNV bar showed up. I lived in Utah just a month ago, and now I can't come back over a weekend to see it as I'm living in Washington State. You guys seem to always have a few trips tricks up your sleeve. Well done. Thank you. Number two, goodness. Did John acquire a piece for this team? I got so used to everyone talking about how much talent Denver will be losing. and how it feels impossible to get any new talent on the team, but I, I guess I lost hope a little. I think I was feeling off base slightly. Boy, yay. I'm looking forward to 2020. Number three, Mr. B. Number four, Zach. I totally agree that audiobooks change your life. I never read until I used audiobooks. It just helps. I believe that voice and dynamics the readers use make it simple to be able to do more than just hear the words. Also, I can't stand to look at black and white shapes like that, which, is, which you're reading right now for more than 10 minutes. Number five, do any of you know who the Broncos are looking for undrafted talent? Any names we should keep an eye out for? Too early. Way too way early too early. So Number six, I personally love any of the top four receivers within the top 15 picks of the draft. Give me Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, or Cheneau. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, we have a highly dynamic OC who can turn out a productive offense just as, just so long as he wants to. This thing is going places. Well, guys, it's been a rough month. Moving is never easy, but this one was harder because it's the only one I've ever done alone. Thanks for keeping me sane with a constant, of great, constant stream of great content every damn day. You hear it a lot, but you truly are the only media company that can call great. No exaggeration there, just honest truth. Have a great day links
0: man that means thank so much you, thank you so link so much links for those great comments and you're not alone you've got us you've got us with you providing you all the content you need for whether you're driving or flying or however you travel just be safe with all those moves links we're there for you
1: and we'll be keep being there for you yes. always there
0: always always there and you know what is also like a good neighbor as they would say in the <laughs> insurance industry you know what's always always here mace is snow in march you can always count on that in fact next week snow is back the 60s are gone and that's why you only denver rubber company with your snow plows to make sure that all the snow the big march snow is plowed and make sure to hit up denver rubber company to get the best snow plow equipment out there or the denver rubber company is great for custom die cut gaskets molded rubber contract con custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses anything rubber denver rubber company is there for you whether you're looking to buy in bulk or whether you're looking for something individualized, Denver Rubber Company can do it all. They've been locally owned since 1972. They support us and we support them. And they will cut anything to your exact length and specifications. So whether it's a snow plow or whether it's a specific item that you're looking for, make sure to call them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and make sure to tell them who sent you all right mace Does we got
1: snow next week
0: snow next week i know it feels like summer already but oh, no, snow come on is on its way it's
1: funny you were talking about how the 60s are in the past and i thought yeah that's what they said in
0: 1970 <laughs> well the 60s are still in the past now yeah, far more in the past <laughs> well mace it was an absolute blast rolling with you today thank you guys Likewise. so much for all of this support today thank you for spending your day night evening afternoon with us. and We can't wait to celebrate the opening of the DNVR Bar this week with you guys. Thanks for on with us and we'll talk to you tomorrow.